Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Thanks for joining us as we talk about financial matters on this Fourth of July weekend, Independence Weekend. Yes. And can we still say Independence Weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I love I love Fourth of July. Anyway, this is the financial program. We're talking about financial matters and yes. help you make wise choices with your finances. And we're both practicing financial advisors. Spend our weekdays helping people like yourself, and we broadcast on the weekends being your financial advisors on the air. So glad that you are with us as you're listening to this program. And our objective for this particular show is that you will leave knowing more than when you came. About mostly around retirement planning. Money in general. Yeah, money stuff. Yes. But it is the 4th of July weekend. Yes. And uh, and for, uh, I think, 18 years in a row, we watched fireworks from a, a boat in Lake Tahoe. Okay. Family tradition. Then last year, COVID, and I guess that was canceled because you couldn't have fireworks. Yes. And then it's canceled again this year. Why Why this year? I, apparently, they needed to make the decision on whether they should order a few months ago when it was still looking Oh, California. Actually, it was Nevada, Nevada's where they did it. Okay. On the California-Nevada border, but they launched oh, yeah, the fireworks yeah, yeah. from Nevada itself. From the uh, a barge in the uh, lake. Yeah. Anyway, no fireworks this year. So you take your boat out on 4th of July. This sounds a little pretentious. You know that. I didn't mean for that to sound that way. <laughs> so it's, it's not like some big yacht. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's a boat. It's a runabout boat. I mean, it's. Uh, I've had a boat for 24 years. Yes. So, so it's, it's not, not like, pretentious. It's just like a little family boaster. Yes. Nothing. Yeah, you're not, not like out on a 50-foot yacht. No, no. Yeah, you're not like on uh, lifestyles that are rich and famous. No, I don't. I don't understand why we want a big yeah like that anyway. Yeah. But but um, so we're gonna. But, have to make but you know, it's interesting though when we talk about things being canceled. Both Scott and I were in New York City. Was it la- last week? A week last, ago. Last week. It is. I was amazed. It's it, it is it's up and running. Um. There were lines out to restaurants and traffic and everything that New York is cities about. Air, I mean, so I've traveled some during the pandemic, and I remember in the height of this is May of last year, and I traveled through the Denver airport, and it was I stood and looked down at the security where there's usually several hundred people in line for security, and there was like two people. It wasn't that it way was this so, time. And it looks, it feels exactly like it did um, pre-pandemic. Now. Yeah. New York probably wasn't as crowded as normal, uh, but there's so many of the restaurants had failed, didn't make it. Oh, that's a good point that so, the restaurants that are open yeah, are packed, packed and then they have trouble with service. So in hotels and employees, I was talking to a bellman. Um, and by the way, we were there for business. So you're like, oh, they're gallivanting around New York City. Oh, how glamorous would that be? <laughs> typically, uh, typically, I'm in New York at least once a year, if not a couple times a year. Yeah, but you, you go back half. there, you know, my kids are like, what was New York City? Well, Pat, I, I landed. So I landed. I got to my hotel at 4.30. At 4.45, I had to leave to walk to my meeting that started at 5. Had a meeting, had an early morning meeting. Then a Zoom call from my hotel room and with then, you, frankly. Oh, that's right. I remember that. <laughs> and another person who was on our trip in another hotel room. The three. But there wasn't just the three of us. We would have met. We would. So that could have happened anywhere. And then got on a plane and waited five hours at the airport as our flight was delayed to come home. So the glamours of business. Yeah, travel. it's not. It's so we're not like wow, those guys, big hitters, New York City. <laughs> not at all. You can have it. There's my yacht, but <laughs> my Lake Tahoe yacht, <laughs> but. I was talking to a bellman and he was telling me, I said, what, what's the difference? And he said, the international travelers are not back. He said, normally they'd have a large number of international travelers and there's almost none um, to speak of. Well, they so, can't, yeah. don't they have to quarantine? But he can? was, you know, so I said, I said, did you work through all of this? And he's, this bellman, we talked to him for probably 10, 15. A hotel bellman? Yes, the hotel bellman. Um, 
And I don't were know, they open the whole time? He said that they were open almost the whole time, but he said, you know, he would get off work at late at night. And he said walking home through the middle of New York City with no one around was very, very scary uh, versus lots of people around. He just said it was really, really frightening, which I found pretty interesting. So well, anyway, anyway the, the economy is recovering and a little uh, this is now a travel show. I did. I'm gonna. I'm gonna admit. I did. I had an hour and a half break in the middle of one day, and I went. We you were, were back in New York a couple of days, right? Yes. I but I had some meetings. But I went to the Museum of Modern Art. Call me ignorant, but I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> the modern art. Yeah, I don't get a lot of. The, some of it's absolutely beautiful, but some of it is just perplexing to me. One uh, piece of art was a full Coke bottle a half a Coke bottle and an empty Coke bottle in, in a row, and it was supposed to represent something, something, something. And I thought, man, I either... You sh- couldn't get it? I didn't understand you it. sit there and look at it for a while? Yes. And it, it didn't mean anything Still to me. Still meant nothing to you? Nothing. Anyway, I don't get it. But some of the art was beautiful, and some of You're it was just You're not a big plain. collector of uh, modern art, I'm guessing. Not unless they sell it at Target or Costco. Don't <laughs> <laughs> High quality art at Costco. At Costco. If they sell it there, I own it. Anyway, let's go on with the show. All right. Well, if you want to be part of the program, um, we uh, love taking your calls. And if you want to join us, 833-99-WORTH is the number. 833-999-6784 is our numeric number. And I got to tell you, it is, we're, uh, we're back in our, our office is kind of open, right? But There's our advisors people. are now meeting with new clients in That's right, offices, in offices all across and, the whole U.S. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but there's still a lot of people that I don't think we've like officially said you've got to come back. I think it's well, August fifteenth is the official date. It was April. I know, but <laughs> Keep the, the last email I saw from HR was anyway, August fifteenth. I kind of know we're back because someone had, uh, as a thank you, delivered some of those bunt cakes, and they were in this in the break room, and it's like. Now it's uh, it's making me. We're not completely back because there was only like two dozen of them. There were still a half dozen left, and if it was completely back, it would have been gone in five minutes. They wouldn't have even got it all the way we into the known break room. That's right. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's take some calls here. We're going to talk with Chris. Chris, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hey. Good. Uh, good morning. I guess it is over there, or maybe good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm in the sweet spot between being retired. And before I have to take RMDs, I'm going to be uh, 64 at the end of this year. My wife's going to be 63 in December. And what we're trying to do is some Roth conversions so we can optimize the conversions yet minimize our taxes. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me paint a little color here. Um, we get about, we get about 60 to $80,000 a year, different uh, interest rental, all that kind of stuff. And last year we did about, $115,000 Roth conversion. So we're trying to stay under the Medicare premium where it jumps up. I think that's 176 k which is about the 22% tax bracket. But my question becomes, would it, be more, would it make more sense for me to just forget about the Medicare uh, limits and just increase my conversions so my AGI is more like in the 24% bracket, which what? I think is about 326 how much is in your IRA combined, both of you? Uh, about three point three million. And you're sixty four and sixty three. And yeah, I mean the challenge is, I mean, if you but were, you're not on Medicare yet. No, no, we. But there was Next a two year, year look back. Yeah, yes. a two year look back. So uh, this past year, I tried to keep it under the one seventy six, and I'll do that again this year. Yeah, there's the look back, but I think I, I think though, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, going forward, that if you didn't, if your income did not exceed those limits over that year, that they'll refund you the cash. Yeah, here's my here's my challenge. Here's 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 my problem. I think, or or maybe my opportunity, whatever. But if it's three point three mil now, and just say just say you average eight or ten percent uh, return over the next whatever it is, almost uh, eight years, that's probably going to double. Well, so when you have to... I, w- I, I would not plan for... If, if it doubles in the next eight years, that would be... 
statistically extremely rare. Yes, but with the numbers you gave us, yes, it would double. But it, yeah, but, it's not realistic but to get an eight to ten. Let's say it goes up by half, so you're at now four point. But you're uh, taking withdrawals along the way. Yeah, you're four point. But I, I get it. You've got a real problem at age seventy two. Yeah, but it, it, any, I mean, regardless, even if it goes up, I mean, if you only take hundred seventy, no, yeah, yeah, no, I understand. It's a problem. Yeah, if yeah, 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 it, we love the way the, 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 you're dr- you're addressing it at exactly the right time. In fact, we did a. We run radio ads at certain markets, and we actually call, talked about the sweet spot, which is what you refer to it as is the sweet spot. This is the sweet There's spot. There's uh, probably a lot of other areas of life that are sweet spot other than the time you can convert some <laughs> okay. money to them. Like the first time you I'm fall not, in love or have a baby. Right. That's right. <laughs> first time your grandparent, maybe. That would be the sweet spot. Okay. Anyway. What state do you live in, Chris? Uh, we're in Florida. Oh, Beautiful. But we are, we're probably going to relocate to Texas at the end of this year. Well, same number. Yeah, no taxes. So what you, I mean, what you're doing is making a, how much do you have in your Roth now? Only about a half a million. We also need to weigh the statistical likelihood of some portion of, first of all, uh, the income tax structure can change to where we have a value-added tax or some other sort of tax. Uh, there could be some sort of limits on Roth withdrawals. Th- I mean, th- those are things that are unknown. Right? And you, what we're looking at now is you look at the current tax rates, and you're thinking tax rates are going to go up for me. I'm going to take advantage of converting at a lower rate today. And right? you're thinking, does it make sense for me to move from the 22 to 24 percent bracket in order to do more? And are you paying? Are you paying the taxes out of uh, outside savings, or is it coming from the IRA itself? Outside savings. Perfect. And how much money do you have in outside savings? Uh, about, uh, I think around three mil. I, I would convert. I would. I, I would convert. I would do exactly what you're thinking about Exactly. Because the Medicare, I mean, it'll cost you, but if you if you figure out the effective tax rate, if you add that in and the effective tax rate, it's pretty negligible compared to your overall tax bill. Yeah. I would I would add, I, I would I would move myself to the top it's of worth, the 24% it's, it's a, bracket. It's, it's a prudent prudent uh, plan. I mean, no one knows exactly what's going to happen in the well, future with that. okay. Let's, let's, let's predis, let's, Make some assumptions. Are taxes going to go up? For Chris, yes. Are taxes going to stay the they're, same? They're, they're not going to stay the same. Are they going to go down? I don't think. Not for Chris. Yeah. Okay. Chris? They might for the majority of Americans but not based for upon Chris. the bills that are going out. Not right for now. Chris. I mean, there could very well be a wealth tax for you, Chris. Or an excise tax. There used to be an excise tax uh, on, on 401k withdrawals, pension withdrawals larger than 750. Fifteen percent excise tax. Yeah, the one I'm more worried about is, you know, the eventual step up in basis. That's the one I'm worried about. Well, that's going to happen. Well, that's not an eventual. I mean, that's not going to happen. You can't say that so emphatically. Okay. I, in my opinion, they're going to get rid of the step up in basis. What they can't do is they can't keep the capital, uh, the estate taxes, and the step up in basis on the same asset. But they can change one or the other of them. And I would expect yeah, I'm okay, that. I'm a, yeah, I'm, a, I'm okay with changing the uh, the amount. But step up, <laughs> that just kills. Me. Yeah, I understand. Have you started gifting to uh, to relatives or? I'm gonna. I'm, I'm waiting until I'm 65, and I'm gonna give give my uh, three kids some money. Why are you and waiting? You also, you also could consider something like a charitable remainder trust for um, a highly appreciated asset you have. I would do, I would look at some other planning techniques while you're doing this. And I don't know if I would be yeah. waiting to 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 gift um, to your relatives. If, yeah, if, I, just, I just want to make it make it tied to something special. When I turn sixty five, okay, they, they can right. start counting it a little. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what. Just give them a little and see how they act. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Hey, All right, do I have time for yeah, fire away. Sure. Hey, so I've heard you guys talk about uh, high net worth individuals like this. You should take your social security now. Our strategy has been my wife will take it at 66 in eight months and I'll take it at 70. Do you think we ought to take it right now? If I was like, so someone, I had this discussion with someone, they were kind of debating with me on it. Like, like I have no idea what's going to happen in the future, but 
if it were me, I'm 54, so I've got a few years to go. But if it were me, um, and I'm not going to disclose my assets, but it's whatever. It it's at the point where I would be concerned of being of having a reduction in benefit. So if it were me, I would take it as soon as I could. Chris, I would take it as soon as I could, because who do they tax more? People without money or people with money? Yeah, I understand that. Right? Who do they take benefits away from? People that need them or people that could live just oh, fine without every them? Every other entitlement is some sort of means testing to it. Every other one. And all the ones that are being introduced right now have some sort of means testing to it. Except for Social Security. Except for Social Security. And so that's just me. All right. It's just that right. you're just rolling the dice. You're, if you wait till 70, you are betting that Congress is not going to change the benefits for you. Between now and the time of your death, that's your bet. Yeah, I'm also I'm also betting I'm going to live a, a relatively long life. Well, you'll but be fine either way. Life. No one listening to this radio show uh, or podcast is worried about you uh, making it through without <laughs> enough money. So the question is, the reason you no, have I think money he is... Just, I think he means that he's expecting to collect Social Security for many years. No, I get that. I get that. But... That that's a that's a bet that's based on your life expectancy, not changes in legislation. Correct. Correct. I'm off, I'm amazed. There's not little. There's so little writing about um, the p- potentiality of reduction in benefits for high net worth retirees. I just don't know why it's not there because it's been introduced by in the past by Republican senators. So anyway, uh, appreciate the call, Chris, and um, wish you well. To be part of the program, 833-99-WORTH is the number. That's 833-999-6784. And let's talk now with Todd. Todd, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hello, Chris. Hi, Pat. How you doing, Todd? It's Scott and Pat, but appreciate the call. What can we do for you? Um, I am uh, 53 years old, and uh, I recently got married to a, a wonderful wife, and uh, we're about to we're about to sell her house. We put it on the market, and um, we we stand to get about a hundred thousand dollars off of the sale of it after we pay the rest of her mortgage. Um, she has nothing in savings, and I a divorce um, uh, several years back, and and. Uh, didn't didn't make a lot of really good sound decisions financially, so I'm not doing great. Um, you know, I'm pretty much debt free. She's got about about ten thousand dollars in debt, from what I understand, and um, or you know what we're seeing, and uh, <clears throat> and I have m- a mediocre retirement um, as it stands right now. So I think I. Mainly, I want to know what's the best thing to do with this hundred thousand dollars we're about to get. Well, well, you said she's going to sell her house, correct? Correct. Okay. Yes. So that is um, that is separate property because it was actually it was amassed that that net worth was amassed prior to marriage. So correct. You use yep. the word we. Um, if you were sitting in my office, I would actually explain the difference between community property and separate property, and then I'd leave the room for five minutes while you guys discussed it among <laughs> yourselves. So, do you do you own a home you're living in now? Um, I'm I'm making a, a mortgage payment on it, but yeah, I she moved in with me, and and I'm making payments on it. And what now. do you what do you make? What do you owe on the mortgage? Um. I owe 189 and right. We lost you. Are you driving through a That's tunnel? So the value of the house is now. So what, what's I'm the value of the home? We, we, we lost you there. What's the value of the home? 260,000. Okay. So you've got $60,000 in equity in it. She has a hundred thousand. Correct. And so you guys have, do you have uh, children still at home? No, my, two children they're both grown and she never had children she's never been married never had children so this is what i would consider doing um i'd have her pay off the debt 
And then I, I have what debt? Uh, she has 10,000 in debt. Just pay that off and make sure there's no uh, other debt out there. You said that we know of is the words you used. She has $10,000 in debt, which you know of, or we know of. So I'd make sure that there wasn't other debt hanging out there. Uh, and then I'd probably actually have her take 60000 of that and put it down on the mortgage of the house, reamortize the mortgage over a 10-year period. What's In it? other words, so she gets 100000 takes 10000 pays off her debt, takes 60000 and plunks it against the mortgage. That way you both have, and you can argue about what the value of the house is and what it would be after commissions or whatever, but... Um, that way you both have the same amount of equity in the house. You have equal ownership of the house and then retitle the house into both your names. Okay. Right. And then that's a clean way to do it. If you're in fact saying sometimes at second marriages, people say, I don't want to really like like a little burn. Like I'm not doing this again. We're going to keep our assets separate. That's just what happens. But, but this way, this way you're, you're both coming into the house in the same value, whether yours was accrued by appreciation doesn't actually matter. It's if she put 60,000, what's the interest rate on the mortgage today? 2.6. Okay. So then what you want to do is do a calculation of what payments you would need to make in order to pay the remaining balance of the payments. And you said you owed 189 on it. So you'll owe 129. And do a calculation to figure out what the payments will need to be on a monthly basis to pay it off in 10 years. So okay. that it's paid off by year age 63. Then maximize both yours and her 401k. There's going to be, at the end of this, you're going to actually have approximately $30,000 left in cash. You're going to put that in a savings account. Uh, put it in a high-yield savings account with an online bank. And don't touch it. It is absolutely for the most dire of emergencies. And an emergency isn't an RV or a boat or a vacation. Those are not emergencies. Okay. All righty. Scott? Okay. I totally that concur. Yeah, we were both. I, and by the way, so, you, I mean, it sounds like you haven't done a lot for saving for retirement, nor does she. she that's not ideal I, at 53. You still have time. Yeah, and she she just started her own business. She was a she was a hygienist for many years, and um, she's had a lot of back problems that keep her from doing it. And so what's she, her new business? Her new business is she makes uh, wallets and purses. She's quite good at it. She's she's an artist, and she's actually already doing really well. With oh, good, it. good, oh. good, good. So. Uh, you, you also may want to make sure that you actually put a trust in place, a living trust for the both of you, um, okay. that recognizes your children yeah. and the, the, the right to stay in the home. Yeah, the, the, the challenge without doing some proper planning is, let's say you got hit by a truck tomorrow. All your assets could go to your wife, which might be good, but then your, your kids could be disinherited inadvertently. Right. And by having the right kind of documents in place now – could ensure that your wife has access to the income off whatever assets you've got, but that the uh, principal uh, passes to your kids, should that be your your wish. All righty. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Appreciate the uh, call. Yeah. Wish you well, Todd, on that. Uh... Isn't that funny? I knew I knew exactly. I, I looked at you and you were like, ah, this is how you would handle this. And notice we didn't actually talk about investments to speak of at all for that financial planning question. When you think about, we've 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 certainly worked with enough um, uh, people over the year, and particularly second marriages. And sometimes people have a really nasty divorce they've gone through, and they've been scarred and a little gun shy and some things. And it's um, it it makes a difference how you get things structured. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And as he started the call, he married a wonderful lady. That's how marriages are supposed to start. <laughs> He didn't go up and say, I married this so-so. She's all right. I, I went to a, my, Valor and I went to a wedding uh, in uh, Nashville a couple weeks. Well, actually, we were there a year ago for the official wedding, but it got, it became very small because of COVID. But uh, my wife's like a, like an aunt to this gal, like a big sister, whatever. So we went, it was a very small wedding. We went into the small wedding a year ago. And then one year later on the same date, they had a big party, just like a, like a wedding reception. Well, she's pregnant now with twins. Oh, <laughs> very pregnant. Right? So her dad gets up for the toast and says, I know this looks like a shotgun wedding. She's got, I don't know where she got the new wedding dress because it was a oh. full on wedding dress, but um, 
That's funny. Well, Valerie's like a, an aunt to a bunch of these kids because she went to Atlanta recently for a, a girl that Valerie was like an aunt to. I so know. your wife is like an aunt to all these people. It's the babysitters. They get these babysitters oh. and then you end up with these close relationships with them. We've had young gals live with us for years. <laughs> I mean, not all at once, but I mean, just couples, couple summers for this one, a couple years for this other one. Not as an employee, like, just because no, they need a place to live. Yes, they need a place to live. Yeah. Going through college, trying to get back their lives back going and that sort oh, of stuff. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, we're taking a uh, we're taking a quick break. When we come back, let's continue on with some more calls, and uh, we'll talk about some more financial topics on this um, Independence Day weekend special edition. Of, <laughs> I don't know if it's special. Is this but, a special? All worth money matters. Stick around for more. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McLean. Welcome back. We need a big welcome back. Do we? I know. We have more podcast listeners than terrestrial radio listeners. So did they run a little ad between the... I have no idea. That would be something we should know. Oh, speaking of podcast... If you haven't rated our podcast, will you please? Uh, we're almost, I think almost 500 five-star or four-star, whatever the high star reviews you could get. I, someone told me, a marketing person gave me a number, and I looked, and there was that many people, and then it, the number went down. I don't know if they removed, uh, I don't know. That stuff. Mm. I went and read, I went and read a bunch of the reviews. Unfortunately, I'm Irish, so I only read the negative ones. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you can feel even worse about yourself. <laughs> What a loser you are. <laughs> Life's amounted to nothing. I call those people up. What are you talking about? Write a negative review. <laughs> so, I, I don't think I've ever written a negative review about I the, can't. Not a podcast for crying out loud. Oh, I, even a Yelp or anything. I can't write a negative review. As, as, as mad as I have been at some businesses, I will not write a negative review. You know what I've review. done a number of times? On, uh, read a story online that opinion that I'm kind of getting. And I go to the uh, comment section. And I've typed in a comment, and I'm like, I don't really want to post this stuff. <laughs> yeah, and then you're- <laughs> I don't. I've, I, I never do. I, I don't know if I've ever posted a comment. Yeah. And the reason I don't- Let the market take care of itself. My, my opinion out of a restaurant, the market will take care of itself at some point in time. If a restaurant has bad food or yeah, bad service- Yeah, but if you are in a town uh, somewhere new, don't you look at, uh, like, go to Yelp to see where to eat? Or look at open table and see reviews and stuff. I did the same way my dad does did when we were little. Look Where's for the closest where, Denny's? No, and look where all the big rigs are parked and eat there. I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> no, yeah, I do look at Yelp in in towns, but anyway, anyway, let's do a financial show. What do you say? Yeah, we're gonna go back to the. Let's phone do here. our numbers. One eight three three ninety nine worth. That's nine 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 six seven eight four to join the show. We're talking with Chris in Colorado. Chris, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Oh, I got to hit the button. Hi, Chris. You're with Allworth. Yes. How are you today? We're fantastic. Great. It's a beautiful day in Colorado oh, right good. now. Oh, <laughs> good. So, <laughs> Isn't it every day uh, a beautiful day in Colorado? Pretty much, okay. yeah. <laughs> Except when you got to go to work, but. I don't do that anymore. There, perfect. For you. What can we do to help you? Well, I'm retired. I'm 76 years old. Okay? And um, last year during the pandemic, uh, as I was sitting at watching my, uh, the, the Scots, the, uh, the Scots, uh, socks tank, so to speak, I felt very good about that because I started buying in. Oh, good. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say the opposite. Good. I was just getting a no, in my stomach. No, no, oh, good no, for no. you. Good for you. Uh, anyway, so anyway, I got it. Being having a lot of time on my hands, I started looking at my financial situation, and I said, I got a lot of money tied up in home equity. <laughs> I said, I'd like to put that money to work. So I got a mortgage. <laughs> And uh, 
a 30-year mortgage and took out uh, about $330,000 to invest in very in conservative things, primarily dividend-paying stocks uh, that will cover the house payment interest and principal. And that's, that's, work, that's working out. But, you know, I hear you guys talk a lot about mortgages and people retiring and pay off your mortgage. Well, I had that done 12 years ago. It was paid off. So I had that time frame. But the money that I'm using off of that basically mortgage loan, although it's not tax deductible, I understand, because uh, it's not going to home improvements. They, uh, so I'm looking at that and saying, did, was it a good decision based upon my circumstances? So let me give you some background here. I've got uh, a lot of savings stuff. I've got 168000 in a Roth IRA. I've got... Um, Let's see, five hundred and forty-five thousand in a tra- in traditional IRAs. Um, I got a uh, hundred thousand in in an annuity that I purchased back a little a few years ago. So I'm not needing. And, and the three hundred and thirty thousand you took from the mortgage, where's that? That's in the market. Okay, yeah, but that's, so, but that's another, not on one of the list of assets. In, oh, that's in a, that's in a TOD, uh, not a taxable account. And how much is in that that's taxable account? Uh, let's see, in uh, uh, three hundred ninety-six thousand. And when you said you put it in dividend-paying stocks, how many different stocks are in that? Comprise that. Uh, I've got about in total uh, eighty stocks and about. 65 of them are paying dividends. Others and are, you've done the research to purchase all these 80 stocks? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I got... And how are the Roth and IRA invested? Do you have any bond or cash in those? Uh, there's... The Roth is... Uh, the Roth and the... And the rest of the IRAs are with uh, Ameriprise Financial. I understand, but inside of them, is there any bond or cash inside of them there's i i really don't know from this okay i've been told that yes okay let me ask you this question it just right so you've got almost let's call it four hundred thousand in your tod account right right do you feel the need to take a loan against those stocks to let unleash the equity and put the let the let the equity work for you the same way you viewed your house which no? Why well, you, you can? You can. You can. I can do what? You can put a margin account on that brokerage account that you call the TOD okay. transfer on death is what that stands for. But you have a brokerage, and my guess is you have it either at Schwab or TD Ameritrade or Fidelity or someplace like or E Trade, correct? Right. Okay. You can borrow up to fifty percent of that. Just value, the way you borrowed against your house. Just like that. So you can borrow another two hundred thousand dollars against that four hundred thousand dollars in that brokerage buy even more account. Dividend paying stocks. And you can buy even more dividend paying stocks. What do you think of that? I think that's a, a remarkably good idea that I had not a No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it didn't work. It didn't work, Scott. It didn't work. Here's here here's here here's what Don't this, do that by Chris, the way. Chris, here you came at this right. a little bit differently than what we would have come at it. And here's uh-huh. w- w- the way we would have come at it or any of you, our, Let me ask you this. Do you have a pension? Oh yes. How I big's your pension? <laughs> I've got uh Let's see, sixty. Well, I've got sixty-five thousand coming in uh, from my pension and uh, Social Security each year. Between both of them. Between both. Are yeah. you married? No. Okay. Uh, and you have children? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, one's a doctor, and the other one uh, kind of hangs around here and works and helps me. But, uh, so so here's here's how we would have come at it. We would have actually looked inside your Roth IRA and your IRA and where your annuity. If we wanted 
more exposure to the equity markets and forget whether they're dividend paying or non-dividend paying. In fact, the ones that pay the highest dividends are the ones at greatest risk, by the way, of falling yes. in this marketplace. So we asked the question, how much equity exposure do you have in the rest of the portfolio? So you've got 168 in your Roth, 545 in your IRA, and $100,000 in an annuity. So we add those all up and we're at about 720,000, right? If, if half of those are in bond, those bonds are yielding probably less than what your mortgage payment is if they're maybe, short. Maybe. Maybe a bit. Right. Right. Yeah. So we, you came at it a completely different way than what we would have come at it. You treated this as two different transactions, and we would have treated it as the overall financial situation. The last place I would have gone in order to increase, increase my equity exposure is to a 76-year-old mortgage. <laughs> but you know, let me step back. I, I think w before that, though, to get into the nitty-gritty of the finances is the bigger question, what is it you're trying to accomplish here? What To what purpose? Uh, some growth in the uh, overall uh, net value of the estate. So, and uh, also... Uh, to pay for, you know, extra things that I might want down the road. But it, it's I'd take care of my, but I, it, my kids. So I like to, I, we like to think about it of probabilities of outcome, right? So right now right. you're in a situation, or at least you, you're, you're in a situation where you had 65 grand a year of guaranteed income coming in and you had uh, another six, seven hundred, $800,000 in outside investments with a home paid for extreme high probability of maintaining your standard of living the rest of your life, right? Extremely right. high. Now you put yourself in a position where the, who knows what can happen with those stocks. Exactly. And the, the mortgage, the bank, regardless of what happens, the bank's going to say, Hey, sorry, buddy, you're going to pay up. Like you, you got to pay every month, regardless of whether you want to pay us this month or have the cash this month. Chris, if you were my dad, uh, hello. Yes. Yeah, if you were my father, um, I would reverse these. I would sell this, these uh, equities out immediately, pay off the mortgage, pretend it never happened. I'd sit down with a qualified financial advisor. And I, it's really based upon risk versus, let's call it reward, not return. Reward. Like, right. how is this going to make your life better? And it's on the margins, unless you want to go out and buy a yacht. If you want to go buy a big yacht, then you're doing the right thing. But I don't think you want to change your lifestyle. You probably some thrill in all of this. Scott, what I do you think? He mentioned that his advisor was at Ameriprise. What do you think that this portfolio for a 76-year-old man at Ameriprise is probably 50-50 or 60-40? Yeah, probably, yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm guessing yeah. it is pretty cookie Unless he cutter. signed something saying, I understand the risk. So, so the, the, the mere fact that you did this and you have a financial advisor that you're paying to give you guidance, and my guess is you probably bought the annuity from the advisor as well? No, this was another firm. I was using it to kind of hedge, saying, okay, that money's going to be there, you know, come hell or high water, well, so to speak. You just acted completely contrary to that with, with the move that you made. <laughs> You couldn't have been uh -huh. further away from that stated objective. So if, okay. if, if you were my father, we would sell all those out, pay capital gains. I'd wait for a year and a day if I could. I'd sell right. them all out, and then I'd pay off the mortgage. I'd sit down with a qualified advisor. I'd reallocate the portfolios in order your existing Roth IRA and annuity, if appropriate, and make them more aggressive. And we would satisfy the whole objective without putting your home at risk. I see. Okay. Right. Because what you did was you, you, you skipped a couple steps, which is you wanted to get more aggressive, but you went to the wrong place to do it. I see. And the whole okay. concept. And I, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's our opinion. You call for our opinion. <laughs> that's our opinion. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm glad it turned out because you could be calling and the account balance could have gone from 330 yeah. to 200. We, we've been doing this for roughly three decades through the financial crisis, through the dot com. We've seen a lot of things where people did maneuvers like this. The downturns come. They weren't able to keep the thing afloat. And look, I don't know anyone who lost a home that was paid off 
I certainly know enough people that lost homes that had larger mortgages on it. And um, again, two things. One is I question, like, what's the objective here? What's the reward that you are personally going to receive if it all works out relative to the risk that you're taking? Uh, And then two, to Pat's point, if the if you want to do if you thought man there's some opportunity in the marketplace, uh, I would look for some other areas to do that. Mainly increasing some stock exposure. And by the way, you don't have the right advisor. And I'm not saying anything about Ameriprise or any other advisor. Because if you had the right advisor, you would have had these questions with his advisor. We you would have had this discussion. Yeah, you would have trusted him, and you would have had a com- or her and had a conversation saying, "Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that?" And the, and and they would have either walked you to your objective in a different manner, or said talked you off of it. or talked you off the cliff. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things, I, I, I frequently say that one of the greatest values a good financial advisor provides is keeping people from making mistakes from which they cannot recover. And um, although this is a clearly recoverable today, we never know what tom- tomorrow brings. And <clears throat> the whole concept, these, these mortgage companies run these ads about unleashing the equity. How is that unleashing the equity? That is the equity. I mean, unleash- you have, let, you own, let's say you own a house, a $500,000 house. Paid paid for. Mm-hmm. You have five hundred thousand of equity that is working for you. In Just, the fact that it, it participates in the appreciation of the house, and you're not having to pay rent to live there. You're not having to pay rent. Th- so when you unleash that equity, you pledge your home as collateral in order to receive some cash. I don't know how that's supposed to make your life better. I don't understand. I don't know what was leasing the equity in the first place. That would cause you to unleash. You know it. the ads I'm talking about. Oh, though. I hear them yeah, all the time. I know. Unleash, unleash the equity. equity. Sometimes that's why I did the. You have four hundred thousand dollars in stocks. How about unleashing the equity of those? And unfortunately, same concept. It backfired on us. <laughs> because <laughs> not a big fan of the margin loans, by the way. Yes, because they don't. Everything's fine in a rising market. Look, we are in. This is a long-running bull market. We had a very short bear market really based upon the pandemic, set that aside. It's been a phenomenal run. I don't know where it's going to end. Nobody does. All we know is that historically, things tend to revert back to their mean. They move back to where their long-term averages are. So when the market hits a new high day after day after day and the tech stock's going higher and everything just keeps popping up, up, don't extrapolate that, that that's going to continue for the next five to 10 years historically it has not and quite frankly this just what we might be seeing in the market is just too much liquidity in the market right now you think it's way too much liquidity. I said, you know, this week I was, I was reading a I don't know what article i was reading about the about the federal reserve and the bond purchases they're doing well they don't even call them quantitative easing anymore they just call it it used to have a big name Quantitative easing, like forty billion of, of 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 mortgages each month, and another what eighty billion of treasury bonds each yeah. month. So they're loading up their balance like a trillion dollars in the last year. And at one point in time, they were buying corporates and junk. And that's just th- what it is. Just throw more cash in the economy. Uh, rates are essentially zero. Which There's is so much liquidity, which is causing people to reach for yield, as it did. I don't know why the Fed isn't make, starting to make some moves now. Oh, because, because of inflation? Because I, I yeah, they, they well they moved their they I, back yeah, a year. Whatever. Like we're not gonna we're yeah, thinking yeah, of moving yeah, yeah. in in 2022, and I think oh the hubris to say that, the hubris to say that we're not gonna move interest rates till 2023, and that we have the hubris to say maybe 2022. What happens if inflation is at eight or nine percent? In the next six or eight months, you're gonna you're gonna stick to your 2022 guns there. Pat, it's a short term inflation. It, it, I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I don't believe it is because it actually tests the market as to what people are willing to pay, and companies don't easily give up profits. Who's gonna lower their price back down? That's right. Right. I wouldn't if I were. Not at all. I've got a sister who has a restaurant. I said raise your prices. I said you survived the downturn. A lot of your competitors did not. Did she raise the prices? I don't know. That's like I just like that's what I would do if I were her. Yes. I'd raise my price. She has trouble getting labor. I would pay a little more for labor. Raise your price, and I'd raise my prices. Yeah, which is what re- the, the the rest. That's if you've gone out dining lately. It seems to me that the restaurant prices that are way up, and the ones that are figured out how to provide good service right now, they got to pay more for the, the help. It is inflationary. It's inflationary. Yeah. All right, eight three three ninety nine worth to join our number, uh, our program. That's our number to join the program. 
We are in San Diego talking to Marcy. Hi, Marcy. You're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, guys. How are you? We're wonderful. We're not in San Diego, though. We're not. That is one of those areas when I visited, like, I really do kind of like San Diego. You know, I would love San Diego if there weren't the other people that live there. There's just too many people that live in San Diego. Well, Marcy does. We came from Brooklyn, so we, we feel okay, like okay. So there's, there's almost nobody. <laughs> it's empty. What can we do for you? <laughs> uh, my my husband Joe is also listening in. So um, so I'm um, 58. I hope to retire in about four years. Um, Joe's 63, and he's been on Social Security disability since 2016. We moved to San Diego July of 2020, and we're currently renting. Our rent is 3,200. However, we own a three-family brownstone in Brooklyn that we bought in 2016, and so it was our primary residence until last July. There were two other units in the building, so for tax purposes, it was three-fourths investment rental and a fourth primary home. But now, since last July- Is that two-thirds, or is is there four units on the- it's a um, there's three units, but one unit is two stories. Okay, so it was based on either square footage or rental income, right? Yeah, it's based okay. on square footage. Okay. Um, so we'd like to buy a house in San Diego this year and take advantage of the low interest rates. And because our mortgage is already $3,200, um, we just need to figure out how to get a down payment um, for the new mortgage. So we're, look, we're working with a mortgage broker, just started to see if we can qualify for a home equity loan. How much? So uh, with the New York... How much oh, is sorry. the brownstone worth in Brooklyn? Right. Um, brownstone is worth um, two, easily 2.5. And what, what do you owe, owe on it? We owe $1,034,000. We just refinanced last year, so our uh, interest rate is 3.5%. You owe $1 million, basically? Is that what you said? Yeah, $1,034,000. And what's the, what is the net that, fl- that flows out of that uh, Brownstone. The net um, income after expenses, how much are you clearing a month? After, we're, we're using up everything to pay other bills, but the, um, the rents are 9600 The mortgage is $5,493. Um, we use $700 um, more to pay utilities, and then we're paying off another uh, home improvement loan with $400. So anyway, we, we use all that money up, but and so how, what, and what did you pay for this? Uh, 1.2 million. And you bought this in 16? Yeah. 2016. Five years ago. It's doubled. How much would a house cost you yeah. in San Diego that you want to purchase? Um, easily 800. And what other retirement income easily. do you have? Um, savings. What do you my have? IRA retirement, Retirement savings is, along with Joe's, is $1,210,000 mm-hmm. as of today. Okay. And how much money in cash? Money. Not much. Have you, like- thought, have you thought about just selling the brownstone out entirely? And- yeah. What do, you, what do you think you should do? Um, yeah, because we're running into that um, two out of five years, yeah. we would have to sell or lose that. $500,000 capital gain deduction. So yeah, so that's our dilemma. I mean, the building's generating, um, uh, you know, like $4,000 a month for us. And we're using that money. We're using 3000 of that money to pay our rent in San Diego. So but I, I mean, my, 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 part of my thought is that you're, you're lucky you're, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> right. right? But we're being backed into a corner because of this capital. No, gain. no, 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 no. You have been blessed. Okay. You have been okay. blessed by capital appreciation in a market that no one would have ever imagined. It feels to me like 2007 when people would like, well, I, I, I don't want to pay the capital gains on the real estate. And you're like, the thing just did phenomenally well. Pay, take, pay your taxes and run. And then things fell in value. Marcy and Joe, yeah. you're 58 yeah. and 63. Yeah. You want to retire in a couple of years. Well, yeah, Joe's on disability, so Joe's disability. On, right? so he doesn't have a lot of options yeah. of going out and earning income in the future if something so goes south. what do we paid this thing on, what if we sold it, paid the capital gains, took 100% of the proceeds, bought a new house, mortgage-free, done. And have cash in the bank. And have a little bit of cash left in the bank. And you got a $1.2 million IRA? It's like, you're done. You, you, you hit it. You, you, yeah. And, and you have no more, you don't have risk in the markets. 
it's. I mean, yeah, that's that's one option, but we just. Uh, well, in my I mean, opinion, we're, we're that's the. Selling of course, you weren't planning on it. That's why you called us. <laughs> yeah. I, look, 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 you were no, not. No. You were not today living in San Diego. Say, why don't we go? Why don't we go? Let's go to Brooklyn and buy a brownstone with a few units in it that we can rent out. I know we don't have two point five million, but let's take a, let's go borrow a million dollars and rent this mm-hmm. out, and we'll get a little bit of free cash flow each month, but not a lot. Or, or you wouldn't you wouldn't buy yeah, you yeah, wouldn't put yeah, yourself yeah, in that if you had a, if you had that million dollars in equity that you have in the house, you wouldn't actually go buy that brownstone, right? If you had a million dollars sitting in the bank, what would you do with it? You'd probably pay cash for a house because you're fifty eight and sixty three. Mm-hmm. If you. Right. Like, and we're just talking about risk mitigation. You're talking about getting rich. I'm talking about you not being poor. Mm-hmm. And I'd much rather not be poor than rich. I don't know about you. I'd prefer to be rich, but if I'm not going to get rich, I'd rather not be poor. Right. <laughs> good trade-off. Good trade-off. I know. I'm breaking out in a rash from this. Well, it, look, it, it, look, home values doubling in five years is an anomaly. That is not historic it's not sustainable how old is the brownstone old oh it's old <laughs> yes <laughs> they don't build brownstones right? anymore okay yes yeah. so so we can't even list all the things that could go wrong with the brownstone that would ruin your retirement mm, true we yep. can't definitely true. so we're, we're we're running out of time here but it's you know, i'm glad you guys called you, truly it's a pat's point you guys you sell this you're done. Capital gain is much better than a capital loss. You can go other periods of times when the real estate had losses. Pay the gains. You could wait a year and maybe some of it, it falls not, in Some value. of it's going to be tax-free because of your primary resident exclusion, and then you're in good shape. So anyway, we're out of time. Hey, there's a uh, feature, our featured article at allworthfinancial.com right now. is close to retiring. Well, beware of student loan debt. So um, if that's of interest to you, it's on our website. And we're out of time, but it's been great being here with you. We'll see you next week. This is All Worth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.